episode 33. Abruptly, his mind went back to Catherine. Catherine would unquestionably have denounced him to the thought police if she had not happened to be too stupid to detect the unorthodoxy of his opinions. But what really recalled her to him at this moment was the stifling heat of the afternoon, which had brought the sweat out on his forehead. He began telling Julia of something that had happened, or rather had failed to happen, on another sweltering summer afternoon, 11 years ago. It was three or four months after they were married. They had lost their way on a community hike somewhere in Kent. They had only lagged behind the others for a couple of minutes, but they took a wrong turning and presently found themselves pulled up short by the edge of an old chalk quarry. It was a sheer drop of 10 or 20 meters with boulders at the bottom. There was nobody of whom they could ask the way. As soon as she realized that they were lost, Catherine became very uneasy. To be away from the noisy mob of hikers, even for a moment, gave her a feeling of wrongdoing. She wanted to hurry back by the way they had come and start searching in the other direction. But at this moment, Winston noticed some tufts of loose strife growing in the cracks of the cliff beneath them. One tuft was of two colors, magenta and brick red, apparently growing on the same root. He had never seen anything of the kind before and called Catherine to come and look at it. Look, Catherine, look at those flowers. That clump down near the bottom, do you see? They're two different colors. She had already turned to go, but she did rather fretfully come back for a moment. She even leaned out over the cliff face to see where he was pointing. He was standing a little behind her, and he put his hand on her waist to steady her. At this moment, it suddenly occurred to him how completely alone they were. There was not a human creature anywhere. Not a leaf stirring, not even a bird awake. In a place like this, the danger that there would be a hidden microphone was very small. And even if there was a, a microphone, it would only pick up sounds. It was the hottest, sleepiest hour of the afternoon. The sun blazed down on them, the sweat tickled his face, and the thought struck him. Why didn't you give her a good shove, said Julia. I would have. Yes, dear, you would have. I would if I'd been the same person then as I am now. Or... Perhaps I would. I'm not certain. Are you sorry you didn't? Yes, on the whole, I'm sorry I didn't. They were sitting side by side on the dusty floor. He pulled her closer against him. Her head rested on his shoulder. The pleasant smell of her hair conquering the pigeon dung. She was very young, he thought. She still expected something from life. She did not understand that to push an inconvenient person over a cliff solves nothing. Actually, it would have made no difference, he said. Then why are you sorry you didn't do it? Only because I prefer a positive to a negative. In this game that we're playing, we can't win. 
some kinds of failure are better than other kinds, that's all. He felt her shoulders give a wriggle of dissent. She always contradicted him when he said anything of this kind. She would not accept it as a law of nature that the individual is always defeated. In a way, she realized that she herself was doomed, that sooner or later the thought police would catch her and kill her, but with another part of her mind, she believed that it was somehow possible to construct a secret world in which you could live life as you chose. All you needed was luck and cunning and boldness. She did not understand that there was no such thing as happiness that the only victory lay in the far future, long after you were dead, that from the moment of declaring war on the party, it was better to think of yourself as a corpse. We are the dead, he said. We're not dead yet, said Julia prosaically. Not physically. Six months, a year, five years conceivably. I am afraid of death. You are young, so presumably you're more afraid of it than I am. Obviously, we shall put it off as long as we can, but it makes very little difference. So long as human beings stay human, death and life are the same thing. Oh, rubbish. Which would you sooner sleep with, me or a skeleton? Don't you enjoy being alive? Don't you like feeling, this is me, this is my hand, this is my leg, I'm solid, I'm alive. Don't you like this? She twisted herself round and pressed her bosom against him. He could feel her breasts, ripe yet firm, through her overalls. Her body seemed to be pouring some of its youth and vigor into his. Yes, I like that, he said. Then stop talking about dying. And now listen, dear. We've got to fix up about the next time we meet. We may as well go back to the place in the wood. We've given it a good long rest, but you must get there by a different way this time. I've got it all planned out. You, look, you take the train, uh, but look, I'll draw it out for you. And in her practical way, she scraped together a small square of dust and with a twig from a pigeon's nest, began drawing a map on the floor.